Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to find and follow your purpose. I'm your host, Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders, also the creator of Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. Every week, I interview some of the world's leading thought leaders who not only share their life stories, but practical tips and advice on how you can become the highest version of yourself and build a life in alignment with your soul. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and open your free account so you can see behind the scenes videos of our interviews and get your free Pearls of Wisdom ebook. Join our community of changemakers, making a difference on the planet. Making a di- making a di- and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me the beautiful Nita Bushan. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Kitty. So amazing to be with you all the way on the other side of the planet today. Super excited. Where are you in the world, darling? <laughs> I'm actually in, uh, in Phuket, Thailand on the southern tip. So oh. Uh, in Rawai area, which is the much quieter, more serene creativity haven um, of the island. Oh, sounds amazing. To introduce Nita, she is an international speaker and author, and she is an advocate for emotional confidence. And we're going to talk more about that this morning. She has the most incredible transformational journey, which I know she's going to share with us this morning. But Nita, I'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do in the world. Yeah, so I, like you've said, I've just been super blessed on this amazing journey of of life and really just embracing the the lessons along the way. Um, You know, I guess you can say now I wear multiple different hats. Uh, Serial entrepreneur, I've started uh, about six different businesses within the last seven years. Um, and, you know, former cosmetic dentist turned um, speaker slash investor and really now, um, you know, performance coach uh, for women, specifically women that want to make a dent in the world um, and creating and spreading their message in, you know, many ways as possible. And I think that uh, coming from, you know, a, a background, multicultural background, biracial background, you know, multi-religious background. My, my mom is from the Philippines. My dad's from India originally. Um, they met in the U.S. I was born and raised in Chicago. And I think that, you know, first generation immigrants, you have these ideas of having to save face for society, for parents, for family. And what's been jazzing me in the last few years has been you know, our emotional intelligence, our emotional, you know, our EQ, and a lot of times how our, our stories, our, our lives, our, um, our stories of strength and resilience and adversity really shape us to what we're meant to be doing in the world. And, um, and so I I had a whole lot of that before I was 30. And, um, and I think that that kind of peaked 
not only interest from a personal level, but really understanding how, you know, our emotional health and, um, you know, our, our well-being overall is really going to be, you know, the test of, of how we want to live our best lives, but also create businesses that also support that, that are really fully in alignment with, with who we are. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I kind of, you know, truly believe that our backgrounds and our stories and our transformational journeys, you know, really give us that insight and inkling into who we are, you know, and how we should be serving the planet. So I'd love to know a little bit more, because obviously, like you, you touched on it then, like I've obviously done my research into your background and like, uh, like, I know it's okay for you to talk about now, but what you went through, you know, um, in your family life. So I know by the age of 19, you were orphaned. Is that right? Yeah, so I actually, you know, my early points of adversity and my early points of resilience really started when I was 10. And, um, you know, growing up Filipino Indian household, you know, you are meant to do all of the things that, you know, your parents are telling you to. And um, I had kind of life really hit and hit hard for uh, the most formative years of my life. So Um, My mom first was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and really most of my teen years, I was in and out of hospitals because she, her breast breast cancer spread um, to her lungs and her brain. And uh, when she lost that battle, it was a year later that my uh, younger brother, who we were 16 months apart, he just out of the blue, all of a sudden had um, an asthma attack one day. Uh, This was after school and it was just the year right after my mom passed away. It was on my youngest brother's, um, you know, 12th birthday, but he had an asthma attack and his lungs collapsed over his heart and and, and died instantly. And so that was, you know, two deaths within um, just a year. And really uh, when you, if any of your reader or, you know, listeners have ever lost anyone to sudden death, um, is very different than, uh, you know, than, than knowing that your, 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 your loved one is going to pass because of an illness. And of course, we've all been struck by cancer in one way or another. And so that really was just the catalytic factor that just threw us to, um, you know, just deep depression. But I was 17 at the time. And my youngest brother was uh, Vinay, he was 12. And for an Indian dad, that's, you know, um, that was traditional, very traditional. He wasn't working um, at the time because he was just so, I mean, imagine just losing two people and, and your love. And so, you know, he was just trying to get the bearings of really how to fit in in society as a widow or no wife. And so I took a lot of the responsibilities of, you know, being that sort of role for him as far as taking care of my younger brother working three jobs, doing, you know, household chores, and then of course, trying to, you know, be traditional in the sense of being the perfect daughter, (laughs) totally took the mom role and, and, and being this great daughter as well. And so there's a ton of pressure early on. And, um, I would have to say it was a year after, uh, uh, my, my dad actually was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. And so really these, you know, he had about seven months to live and he actually died nine months uh, after the diagnosis. So at 19, you know, I was left to take care of my youngest brother. I was this, this mother who inherited, a, you know, 14 year old um, growing teenager. 
And there was a lot of ambiguities um, of what was expected of me and really a lot of the pressures of, okay, now you have to raise this kid as well as I don't even know who I am. I don't know who or what I want to do. Um, and so I wasn't formally developed at that point either. And, and you just kind of go into this mode of survival of, okay, you know that your parents taught, you know, educational success, drive, excellence. Those are the things that mean the most to you. And would you say you shut off from life at that point? Do you think like, because obviously to lose that many people so close to you that you love, I cannot, like, I really can't imagine. And I don't, to be honest, I don't really want to imagine. Um, but, you know, it really must have made you retreat from life, you know, pull back. Yeah, you know, it's, it's I've, every time I get asked this question, it's interesting because um, you would think that way. Yeah. And yes, in some instances, absolutely. Because then I, instead of focusing on, the grief, the sorrow, the depression that weighed me down. Mm -hmm. um, what I was really focusing on was how do I create abundance? And I, I don't, you don't want to be known as the Bushin Kandan. That's like, you know, you're the family that was like, oh, feel bad for them because they lost their entire family. We had a lot of support as far as external family, but nothing, nothing replaces your immediate family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and for those of you who just, you know, it's like your nuclear family. We had extended aunts and uncles that were taking care of us, but that, you know, the, the, the solidity, of course, it, it definitely does something to your, you know, your psyche for sure. Um, I excelled in every single capacity after those moments, after those years. It was almost like I was, yes, you're right, numb to emotions um, in the sense that uh, nothing then would phase me. And, and even it was almost like, um, keep, you know, I would have this stone cold face, not because I was um, disinterested or apathetic, but it was just, I think it was, well, I've already been through all of the worst things, what could be even worse. But the universe had other plans for me because, um, you know, what I actually excelled with was external life. So I became a dentist early on, you know, that to a cosmetic dentist. So I didn't stop at, you know, there, I just went one up there. Um, and, you know, because I was working three jobs ever since I was 15 years old, um, entrepreneurship was just very easy for me. So I became one of those doctors that was like, okay, I will hire, you know, doctors and, uh, you know, other doctors and surgeons to do some of the things that I didn't really enjoy doing, like doing implants or things like that. So early on in my shaping, um, those things were easy for me. What was not was was human relationship, and what I mean by that is actually love relationships. Mm -hmm. um, my pattern, and it was affecting, uh, it affected me so much that my pattern was I would constantly um, overlap my relationships ever since I was uh, seventeen years old or sixteen years old. You know, you have your first love, and then that's like two years or four years. So my relationships were long; they were overlapped. I never wanted to be alone, yeah. and. Uh, you know, I attracted my biggest teacher in my life, which was my ex-husband. And, you know, he would teach me about uh, unconditional love. And, you know, it was a very, very, um, you know, tumultuous relationship. Um, 
uh, of course, you know, having checked all of the proverbial boxes of success on the one hand, you know, the fancy home, the first class travel, the cars, you know, thinking like my dead parents would be so proud on the outside of what I had accomplished, um, you know, got my brother to, to one of the best universities, the Big Ten is what they call it in the U.S., um, and so, you know, praising all the accolades before I was 30, running a million dollar dental practice, um, you know, on my own, by myself, that's just one. And of course, um, you know, the man that I was attract, um, you know, it, 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 it was almost like I had this breakdown and this wall of, uh, you know, whose life was I living? Mm. And was I living this life for myself or was I living this life to save face? because a safe face because I never wanted people to take pity or feel bad um for for me for what it what I had gone through and so it was a very um painful experience at the time back then but you know now I as I teach and of course I've, I've started several different companies from even nonprofits to really talk about this and and it's almost been a very cathartic um experience to go through this uh but yeah that was probably what brought all of the losses to fruition um, when, you know, it was um, when uh, I decided to leave in the middle of the night. Um, I decided to leave my ex-husband in the middle of the night and uh, I never went back and stepped foot in that five-story house ever again. And I filed for divorce. And uh, that was probably the you know, one of the most, the biggest blessings in my life, of course, the biggest pain, but then having to just really feel the amount of bricks that are just like, whoosh, you know, not just your liberation that was starting, but it was like, you know, all of that pain that I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, my business was soaring. It was even growing. And I was only, I was at this point working four days a week and it was growing 20% every year. And all I wanted to do was crawl into a cave or go to the deepest mountains of Nepal and just weep. And it was, you know, I've had really amazing girlfriends and, and friends. And of course, they're all, at that point, they were all in the medical profession. But, you know, they were saying to me, like, Nita, you just haven't cried. You have not, you've held so much in for so long. Something needed to, you know, break you open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like I stopped my life yeah. <laughs> for that time. It kept going. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I know, I know through my own experience, like what we tend to do is we tend to not go into the pain and we tend to not want to sit in our pain. And of course, you know, knowing what we know now, look at going back, you can only do that for so long. You can block it out and block it out and block it out. And if to the, this is just what I'm hearing from you sh- sharing is like, it's almost like you, you went into survival mode with what happened with your family and your parent and your your brother and you know you had to be the breadwinner and you were the person who needed to make this work and of course you just shut off those emotions and it, it sounded to me like it got to a certain point where you're you just couldn't internally take that anymore and something had to give and something had to shift oh totally 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 and it's like it was almost it was definitely a hard explosion on many levels although during the time um, there was still, I was still living in this fear state and, you know, the fear state of what will people think? 
Um, you know, are you actually expressing your truth? Are you being authentic? Are you being vulnerable? I was a very, very different human. Um, you know, it, it was almost like this, this picture perfect ideal that I had to live up to. And there was no chance of breaking at any level. I just wouldn't allow it until life was just like, whoosh, you know, get that sword and it's like, for people listening who, God forbid, are going through a similar experience, you know, that they're they're on their journey and maybe they have lost a loved one. What would your advice be, you know, like through now through the benefit of your experience? What would you say to them? Yeah, you know, uh, I think the first step is really taking the time, taking the time to grieve. Um, and I've, of course, I've, I've done a lot of research on it. I've lived through it in my life story. Um, but I think that so many of us, and which is why I, I connected the dots and now it's a lot of the work that I'm doing is around emotional health and wellness um, and well-being. And, and in my book, you know, I, I talk about, you know, how resilience, how adversity plays a role in your life, in your next chapter. And I think for the first, uh, for the first period of that, whether it's a loss of a breakup, um, a loss of a marriage or a loss of a loved one. These are all losses and a loss of um, a part of you. And if we don't really um, spend the time to figure out or to honor those emotions, to honor those feelings, it's going to come up in different ways. You know, unfortunately, in my parents, it came up in disease. Mm-hmm. And I always say if, if we suppress, suppress, suppress our emotions so much um, that, you know, you bottle it up so much that at some point you're going to burst yeah. either it's, you know, within your adrenals or there's some sort of medical complication. And obviously there's so much research out there to point that out. Um, but you need to spend time with, with grieving, allowing yourself, you know, I don't care if it's five minutes a day. I don't care if it's 10 minutes a day. It could be 15 minutes a day in the morning and night, either to cry, to journal, to just allow yourself to experience those emotions, um, whether it's thinking of, you know, that those times, and sometimes they're, they're painful, and allow yourself to experience some of the painful emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there might, you know, of course, there's, there's the, the, the seven steps of grief, and, um, you know, all of the, you know, the guilt, the, the remorse, the, you know, the avoidance, and the anger, of course. You know, there's all of those different steps, but I, there's so many different ways to do this, but I found journaling was like the most powerful, the most transformative uh, way to actually jot down those exact feelings and um, really appreciating the times of that person. Uh, I know that, you know, during the course of my adolescent life, during those losses, and we still do it now as a ritual. My brother and I are on different sides of the coast. He's moving to Boston from New York and I'm actually like LA. And so, but we still, you know, during every anniversary of, you know, and of my father, my mom, and, and even my brother, um, for years, we wouldn't celebrate um, my brother's birthday on that day. Uh, and we would take turns of, okay, not celebrating or just celebrating it, but we would celebrate it the day after to pay respects to my brother, you know my other brother passed away, but we, we developed certain rituals uh, mm. that we would honor those people that have been lost. Because of course, um, it does get better. Uh, I think that the grieving doesn't, you know, s- stop. You're, you're always going to, um, and, and there's a lessons of impermanence, I think that, you know, needs to be embraced as well, that we're, you know, really all souls that, 
uh, we're here to play in this, uh, these squishy, lovely bodies of ours, but you know, how, how do we want to um, really honor our time while we're here? And that's a really good reframe of that, um, where it's, it's really allowed us to uh, incorporate it into our lives every year. Yeah, that's a really nice ritual. And I think what, what, what people don't realize is that we are obviously energetic beings. And so those emotions, if we don't honor them or, or let them flow through us, they get trapped into our body. And like you said, if they're, if they're a negative emotion, they can manifest it as an illness or disease, or in my case, it was depression. Um, and, you know, it's really important for people listening, if you are um, going through a negative experience, or you've lost a loved one, then, you know, as much as it's painful to sit in those emotions, it's really important to ha- let your body clear, and let them flow through you. So they don't get trapped into your body and then cause you problems later down the line. Oh, 100%. Mm. And so you left in the middle of the night, my goodness, sounds so dramatic. Like, not, what <laughs> was it literally like your inner voice just went, right, we are out of here. <laughs> um, well, you know, it was, there was, there was a lot. I was, uh, I was obviously in, um, in a tumultuous relationship. It was a very dangerous relationship at the time. Um, and at that moment, um, you know, it was, it was almost a test uh, for my life. And so, you know, without getting into, you know, all the details, um, I had to get a restraining order. Uh, it was, it was just, um, because it was a, you know, it was domestic violence and there was, there was a lot of things going on. Um, it was, uh, that's what happened. And so, yeah. So in the, the months and the, you know, uh, the, the time post that evening, uh, I learned a lot of, of, of resilience, which would actually shape me, you know, um, you know, and, from a business standpoint, um, from private investigators to, you know, different lawyers and, you know, the pain of really separation and what, you know, traditional, um, uh, like default world of how people generally take pain of separation, um, especially when, you know, one person is really not, uh, you know, expecting you to take action and uh, actually leave because at that point in my life, I didn't have any boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I was such a people pleaser and, you know, I attracted that person uh, to teach me because I was in a, um, a, a codependent uh, relationship where I didn't have any worth. And what was left of me was literally bare bones, zero, zero confidence. And so um, it was it, now looking back, such a beautiful experience because really shaped and developed, of course, my character and, um, you know, toughened me up in, in some of the, the, the most magical ways. And I wouldn't give away that experience. Um, but to put it, you know, bluntly and, and straightforward, it was an abusive marriage. And I needed to figure out a way to leave and get out. And um, because uh, I was Indian and Asian and all of the taboos around divorce in our culture and all of these things, there were so many limitations of, um, I'm a professional, 
you know, am I, I'm ashamed that this is happening. You know, there was a period of time where I wouldn't even admit it and, and all of those things. And, you know, and I think where I was at that point, you know, you, you attract those people, uh, those types of people into your life to teach you what you need to learn about yourself. And so um, I think that, you know, there's so many times I meet uh, some of my clients, and, and of course, when I was working with executives and executive leaders coach, um, all throughout the world, but mostly, namely in Asia, uh, what I would figure out from, of course, their upbringing was either they were hiding some really terrible secrets, like, you know, they were gay, or um, they had other, you know, extramarital affairs, and couldn't just be themselves. Mm. Something was just, you know, limiting them. And so, um, which is why a lot of the work around vulnerability and authenticity um, was really just the, the forefront of let's figure out who you really are and, and how you really need to be because we really don't know um, we, we really don't know who who this person is and that's okay uh, I think that um, I think that there are these beautiful teachers in our lives that are meant to crack us open in, mm. in those ways and not to think of it as, um, you know, uh, a challenge or anything like that, but to think of it as more or less the experience of life of what you're meant to learn. Mm. So I helped you by the sounds of things, really learn boundaries and, you know, start to put yourself first rather than, you know, always being the person that serves other people. Oh my gosh, absolutely. It, it actually is, um, that was a chapter in chapter seven in, in, in my book, Emotional Grit. But what happened after the book was released, which was in September, um, I had received at least over a thousand letters from women all over the world that were following me and saying, you know what, can you talk more about these, these boundaries? Because I don't really know what you mean by that. Mm. And so I was you know, and, and because most of this book was really geared towards self-leadership and, and leading your life and, and, and shaping your mindset, you know, I had to think about it for a second. And I said, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. And it was over and over and over again. And so, so much so that I, um, I basically spent, you know, a whole week on not only creating a full-on live event and workshop around how to become boundless, by creating your own boundaries, but then also, um, you know, a digital program that went like wildfire globally, uh, you know, just validating that, okay, this needs to be talked about even more because it comes up um, in services industry, in businesses, in family, and especially number one in relationships, because as women, we constantly put ourselves last. And, you know, if you're coming from, you know, submissive, like, uh, Asian types of cultures or cultures where, you know, your voice is a little bit suppressed or, you know, disrespect means that, you know, you're sharing your, your thoughts. Um, so you don't share them anyways. I mean, all of these myths needed to be kind of handled. And, um, that was, you know, a project that literally, you know, how you have sometimes these things that just come out of you right away. And it was just so fascinating that literally in two months, um, recorded this full on, it's like, it's six modules, but it's like 12 modules around uh, boundaries because that conversation needed to happen. Mm, beautiful, really beautiful. Um, one of the things we're, we're doing with these Kitty Talks is showing people how their life journeys are really so instrumental in to what they're here to do on the planet. You know, and listening to your story, it really sounds, we've had similar journeys. Like I, ha- I really had to reconnect to my heart 
you know, and it really sounds like you, you've gone through that process to re- reconnect to your heart. I'd love for you to share, because obviously, you know, once you do reconnect to your heart, and you really listen to the messages that your heart has to, to always giving you. I really think that your path then opens up, you know, and our, our journey is to then really tune into what feels right for us. It may not think or necessarily like we talked about, you know, we're told to go and get a good degree or go and get a good job or do actually no, it's a now once we reconnect to that heart, it's about feeling what we want to do and how we want to do it so can you kind of share with me like once you went through your transformation sure. and, and your heart kind of kicked in can you share with me some of the kind of amazing you, I'm sure you've had some like amazing synchronicities or oh my gosh how did you meet yeah. your partner for example is that you know that those are usually the ones that are amazing stories you know well our yeah. heart our heart yeah. shows us well we could we could be talking for hours about that one but <laughs> You know, I definitely think that you're absolutely right. You know, when there's when there's a storm that hits that really challenges your core, um, you know, it really shakes you up and it, it really is meant for you to go inward, um, inward so that you can read or rediscover yourself. Um, that self that's always been waiting to just come up and rise. And so I think what then started to happen was creative juices was just flowing. Like I I mentioned earlier, you know, I started six different businesses and over the course of this journey and, you know, each and every one of those, because what I had always been blessed with was capital. And a lot of what I started to see from whether it was investing in women uh, through my nonprofit, uh, because that taught women and girls self-confidence and self-love. So that was one or being an angel investor and really getting hands deep in, um, you know, Silicon Valley and really the, the whole startup ecosystem, because as a doctor, you know, you really, uh, you're kind of closed off to all of those things. So just opportunities in several different directions really opened up and, and real community opened up. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, happened was uh, going to an event called A-Fest, uh, which brings in, you know, 250 entrepreneurs from all walks of life all over the world. And, um, and I would meet my soon to be, uh, love partner, partner in life. And now my husband, um, which I'm, I'm super happy and so thankful to to share with, with you. You guys are like the first ones, first ones to, to, to know that and actually share that. So, um, he's amazing, and, and uh, he happens to be the co-founder of the company that's founded this this group that puts together um, these incredible, conscious, heart-centered beings that are purpose-driven. So when you're part and you find a community like that, um, that really elevates you to the next level, really opens your eyes in different ways, you just accelerate your growth um, just 10x because you're now following your heart. And I met him in, I would say it was 2014 and, um, you know, paths crossed, but it wasn't really, you know, it's like you say hi, but nothing, you know, nothing really were to, was to materialize. And so in the years to come, I would, you know, run into him at, of course, different events. And when I was working on my book, in the other side of the world, in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, go figure, um, I would be writing my book, Emotional Grit, while, um, you know, being able to kind of work closely and alongside um, with him, because of course, doing leadership, 
and, um, you know, uh, uh, emotional intelligence consulting, that sort of thing, and executive consulting. And so um, from that would really just um, birth this magical, um, I guess you can say masterpiece that's now on a journey of its own. And so, um, so that's one, but what I really wanted to share was, I think also during that time, you're, you're more open. And what I found was, you know, from spending time with shamans in different parts of the world, um, with leading researchers on emotional intelligence and on emotional health, because that was my story, you know, and really being able to connect with the dots, not just as a, uh, you know, doctor or researcher, but really somebody that was uh, curious about, okay, how do people make decisions? How come I made those decisions? How come, you know, the people that are coming to me, they're still stuck and they're not taking action at those decisions. So it really um, opened my eyes to, whoa, this is not taught in school. Like, what if, what if we were talking about this? You know, in, in, in our classes, you know, we'd be very different humans. And so uh, and I, at that point, I was coming from a doctor's standpoint, but really opened my eyes to the gaps that um, were there that were not really being talked about. And, you know, from getting challenged in my family uh, to what are some of the decisions that you're making to um, and, and realizing, well, why are they so afraid? Why are they so afraid? to talk about divorce? Why are they so afraid to talk about taboos? Why are we so afraid to talk about our emotions? Why are we so afraid as entrepreneurs to talk about what holds us back? You know, like all of these fears and fears and fears, oh, it stems from, okay, lack of emotional intelligence, really not judging your feelings, not judging your emotions. But, you know, it was like the aha, that click that really connected all of the different points of resilience in my, you know, the early points of my life. And so then being able to just catapult that. And I would have to say that going to an event, um, Burning Man, uh, for instance, about now, I think it was like the first time I was there was about three years ago, that really exploded my head on several different levels um, from a place of, you know, really uniting and really connecting. And that's really where I, I forgave, you know, my ex-husband and really forgave uh, myself uh, for the first time of really saying, wow, you know, you're just, it's like, you, you just keep on trying and trying and trying and trying, but you just need to be, and it's okay to be. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the first time in my life where I just allowed myself to just be. And the revelations after that, I just felt that um, I was not meant to be doing dentistry. <laughs> and that was the first time where I said, okay, I need to transition out of this and really exit out of this. And of course, there were my own fears of, you know, oh, you know, you've invested so much time and, and, and money and, and all of these things. And, you know, what's the world going to say? And this was kind of the earlier stages, but really it felt so clear. And it was so clear that everything after that, from when I made that decision um, to selling it, to training people, to letting things go and really then moving um, my entire life and then becoming like this nomad and, and really um, doing my research for my book, uh, it has been such a wild ride. And I can't tell how many doors just 
opened right away because I was living really fully in my, um, in what I like to call in, in my power and on, on purpose and in alignment. Yeah. And I can really hear it because you, you, you know, you talked about striving and, you know, going for what you, you know, you thought you should be going for before. And then it's like you shifted and you got into a place of receiving and, like you said, you were in alignment with your heart and your soul and your purpose, and then you were surrendering to that. And that's when those amazing experiences come to us. And we're like, oh my God, <laughs> how it did that happen? Flows. Yeah, it is. And it flows really. I mean, yeah. it really flows. It's just so, it's so beautiful how, um, you know, how the universe works in that way when you just allow, when you just surrender. And of course, um, uh, I talk a lot about lot about this not only in in my books but uh also with the executives that i lead that you know diving into sex clicks really kind of helped you know pull a lot of that not just from an expansiveness but also from a creativity standpoint yeah beautiful really beautiful um and for those listening we're going to have all of nita's details in the show notes so you'll be able to find out more about her website and then the motion grit the book but nita i want to say thank you so much for coming and sharing your story i know that people listening will be really empowered and you know i'm sure they will have got something from our conversation about how they too can have emotional grit Thank you so much, Kitty. It's been a pleasure. I'm so honored and um, I, I love to be back next time. Yeah, well, keep me posted on your travel arrangements. If you find yourself in this neck of the woods, then you must let me know. Yes, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> but thank you so much, guys, for listening. And we will see you again next week on Kitty Talks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website and become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group, exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.